Hey friends, and welcome to episode six of It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. I'm your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, and I am so thrilled to bring this week's episode to you. I've been incredibly inspired by today's guest, her willingness to tackle tough topics, her enthusiasm for the Enneagram, and the way she encourages others by being her authentic self. A few months ago, she posted a stat in her Instagram stories that only 22% of the thousands of podcasts out there are hosted by women. That post, coupled with Blake's example, is part of what pushed me into taking action and launching It's About Time. So let me tell you about Blake Guichet. Blake is the host and voice of the Confessions of a Crappy Christian podcast, Wife to Jeremy, Mama to Pacey and Elliot. She spends her days on staff at a Baton Rouge, Louisiana area church as a graphic designer. She's wildly passionate about women owning who they are in Christ and all the ways he's gifted them and not falling prey to the lies the hustle culture is constantly feeding us. She is also an Enneagram enthusiast and type eight, and not surprisingly, the Enneagram does make its way into our conversation. You'll hear us chat about Blake's recent transition from being her own work-from-home boss to starting a a 40-hour-a-week, 9-to-5 behind a desk. She shares her favorite must-have tools and apps for getting things done. We get into the importance of asking for help plus how and when she makes time to read her Bible. If you've ever wondered how some women seem to balance family, a fulfilling career, and a full schedule, and wonder how they do it, this is your chance to find out how podcaster, wife, mom, and graphic designer Blake Guichet does it. But before we dive in, I want to give a special listener shout out to Sarah Becker 504. Sarah was kind enough to leave a five-star rating and review for It's About Time after listening to my trailer on iTunes. She writes, can't wait. ADK practices what she preaches. Can't wait to devour every episode. Sarah Becker 504, thank you so much for the excitement and the kind review. I do my best to live what I teach, but I'm definitely a work in progress too. I hope that you're enjoying the show so far, and thank you again for your support. If you like what you hear on the show, I invite you to hit the subscribe button and let me know what you think by leaving a review. Your reviews play a huge role in helping the show show up in search results, which makes It's About Time easier to find for everyone. And as always, you can find all of the details about this episode in the show notes found at abouttimepodcast forward slash six just the number six. Okay, last thing, I swear. Remember how I'm new with this and constantly learning new things? So after recording this episode with Blake, I learned just how important it is to plug in the microphone. Seriously, I forgot to plug in the mic before I started recording. Thankfully, my laptop still picked up the sound of my voice, but it might sound a little different than my first five episodes. Don't let that deter you because Blake sounds amazing and you will get so much out of this episode. Thank you so much for sticking with me through my messy beginning. All right, it's about time we get started. So here we go. 
You're listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Around here, we believe that busy is not a badge of honor. Your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, is here to share tips and strategies to help you make the most of your time. Listen in on real conversations and success stories to find out how other go-getters are getting things done. If you're ready to step away from the overwhelm and spend your time on what matters most, then you're in the right place. Here's your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick. Hey, and welcome back to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. I am so excited to welcome Blake Guiche to the podcast today. Welcome, Blake. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much. Um, I, I really appreciate you giving me some of your time, giving the listeners some of your time. And yeah, let's let's dive right in. So, like, would you tell us a little bit about who you are and uh, how you spend your time these days? Yeah. So I am Blake. I am married to my husband, Jeremy, and we have two little girls, Pacey and Elliot. I am a fellow Louisiana girl, so I've lived here all my life. I am also a podcaster. I have a podcast called Confessions of a Crappy Christian. And then I am on staff at a local church as a graphic designer and media specialist. Just recently transitioned transitioned into that role out of freelancing. So lots of changes as far as how I spend my time recently, but all good things. And uh, yeah, when I'm not at work or working on my own podcast, I am cheering on the LSU Tigers, trying not to have a stroke this season, and um, just hanging out with my family and trying to be present and, and enjoy my time with them. Okay, I totally feel you on trying not to have a heart attack about the LSU Tigers. Fellow LSU grad here, and this episode is actually going to air after the SEC championship. Oh, Lord. Uh. So, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how that goes, and if we can survive without multiple heart attacks. So I right. feel you. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so like you've had some serious changes lately. You know, making the move from freelancing to moving to a full time job, and still hosting an incredibly successful, fantastic podcast. Would you tell us just a little bit more about your podcast and the kind of guests you have, and just the general topic and what's it, what it's about. Yeah. So Confessions of a Crappy Christian, the kind of unofficial tagline is that we talk about a lot of stuff that good Christian girls aren't supposed to. So we talk about mental health a lot. We talk about sex. We talk about anger. We talk about like marital struggles and um, I mean, just kind of everything in between. And it's an incredible opportunity for me to be able to share my platform with other people, I was going to say women, but we've had about three men on the show now, so I can't, uh, I can't gender specify now, but it's just this really op- incredible opportunity to share my platform, allow them to share their story and share their wisdom and give them a space to tell their story, to share the things that God has done and is doing in their lives. And it's, it's, it serves me just as much as it serves the people that get to listen to it because it's, it's so healing to hear other people's stories and share your own and find solidarity. And so I love it. It's we're actually, I guess if this comes out after the SEC championship, then that means it probably comes out right around, if not after the one year mark 
for the podcast, which is December 10th. And wow. uh, yeah, I can't believe it's been a year. It's been a freaking whirlwind, amazing year. God has done so much and shown off, but it's been, it's been a really cool experience. That is awesome. Congratulations on making it to the one year mark. Just having done the early work of getting this podcast off of the ground, I now have firsthand experience about just just how hard it can be. Not Mm -hmm. only all of the behind the scenes work, but mentally preparing yourself to be open and vulnerable and share and to try and uncover the best of what your guests have to share. And Mm -hmm. with something being so much work, you know, what inspired you to take that on? So the story behind the podcast starting is actually pretty funny. I wanted to start a podcast a year before I actually started. So two years ago, I've always been a talker. My like childhood home videos prove that. And I've always loved connecting with people and have always really been even before I entered the online space, it's been really important to me to kind of that idea of like build a longer table and inviting people to that table. And so I wanted to start a podcast at the end of gosh, 2017 and God told me no. And it was one of the few times in my life that I feel like God very clearly told me no on something. I think a lot of time God gives us wiggle room. Um, and this was a clear no. And and it that no morphed into a like, girl, you can barely handle what you got on your plate right now. Like, why do <laughs> you think you're going to add a podcast and that's going to do well? Wow. And it was really frustrating. And I prayed about it and I prayed about it. And then and that praying turned into nagging and whining. And so by, gosh, I think that was October of 17. By February of 18, I had an alert set on my phone to just pray about it once a month. Because every time I'd pray about it, I would get a no and then I'd get really pissed. And so I was like, okay, I'm just going to do this like once a month. I feel like I'm not supposed to let this go. I don't want to let this go. And then fast forward to October of 18, God finally told me, yes, I had a lot of health issues in 18 and yeah. uh, a lot of things going on that would have greatly hindered my ability to serve in this space. And so, you know, obviously like hindsight's twenty twenty, and retrospectively, I can see all of ways that I 100% could not have handled having a podcast on my plate mm-hmm. and especially not have like really stored this very well because there's a lot of things that God obviously wants to do with it. And so October of 18, he finally like, literally gave me like a, okay, go. And like you said, hit, hit the ground running. It's so much work on the, especially on the front end. You're in the trenches right now of getting it, you know, getting interviews lined up without really having the like, quote unquote clout to back up your show and <laughs> right. yeah. this is the hard part, you know? And so I like totally remember how hard this was and tip my hat to you, like pushing through it. Cause this is the hard part. And then you get it out and you really grind it out for a few months and then you can kind of start to like not coast cause you're still working hard, but it comes a lot more naturally and there's payoff and it's starting to be fun. And so, yeah, I mean, hitting the one year mark, the podcast really runs itself. And I have a really incredible producer, Jeanette Tapley of It's Time for Coffee Productions does all of that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, it's a really, really, truly like a gift in my life getting to do that with people. That's awesome. Yeah. God definitely knows when we're ready more than when more than we know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. The trick is like trusting him in that, like believing him, <laughs> like that he knows better even when you feel like you do. 
Definitely. You mentioned working with Jeanette as your producer. Mm-hmm. So many times as women, especially, we feel the need to just do everything ourselves. Mm-hmm. Did you start working with a podcast producer right off the bat? Or was that something that you brought on once you were a little further into it? I did. But Jeanette has produced my podcast since the very first episode. Full disclaimer, Jeanette is also my best friend, but like we have a very, like very professional working relationship. She's incredible to work with. If she can work with me, she can work with anybody is kind of like the way that I tell people about her. (laughs) Um, And so I absolutely in 2017, if I had started the podcast myself, I would have done it all myself because I was my desire to do everything myself came from a very controlling nature Mm -hmm. and if I wasn't in control then it wasn't going to get done well and that's one of the things that I know for a fact that God stayed off starting a podcast because it would not it wouldn't be as good as it is Mm -hmm. like to be completely honest my podcast would not be as good as it is Mm -hmm. if it were not for Jeanette I mean I tell people all the time that I would not I wouldn't have a podcast without yeah. Jeanette. And so I don't think that I had the humility or the understanding of my capabilities two years ago to have asked for or accepted that help. And so it's one of the many things I'm really thankful for that I waited, that God had me waiting so that we could start it off together. Because now, like you mentioned, like, I mean, I'm in a full-time job now. I work literally 40 hours a week. Mm-hmm. I, I would have had to shut down the podcast if I was doing it all myself. Wow. And I love that Jeanette is your best friend. So you guys are able to be you know, open and honest with each other, of course, and that you have this professional relationship and that you're able to produce something really beautiful together that clearly has an impact on thousands of, of people. So way to go, you guys. <laughs> yes. Thank you. She's the best. And speaking of being in your... 40 hour a week, full-time job and recording your podcast, working with Jeanette and taking care of your family. I can imagine that was a huge transition. So what did that transition look like for you and how did you prepare for it? So I would definitely say that I'm still kind of in the throes of that transition. I've been in this job when we're recording three weeks, four weeks. And so it's still very much in in action Mm -hmm. um and as far as preparing myself for it (laughs) I interviewed for the job on a Wednesday got offered the job in the interview and started the following Monday wow so uh (laughs) so preparing looked like making sure childcare was all lined up and kind of like hitting the ground running and it's looked a lot like uh asking for help Mm -hmm both within the podcast not I don't feel like I've really necessarily put anything extra on Jeanette's plate but there have been things where I've already had to be like okay I promise I will get that to you I just I'm not I can't right now normally when I was home I could pop in the podcast closet and record an ad and send it to her and so there's grace to be asked for there and then I mean so much grace coming from my husband and from my kids even if they don't know it and so And then just asking my husband to help. I mean, the other day we had a conversation where I do a lot of preparation the night before for the next morning because nothing starts my morning or my day off worse than having to like rush and hustle and everybody's all over the place. So 
the night before, like every night I like make lunches and I pull out uniforms and I decide what I'm going to wear and make sure that it, you know, doesn't need to be like steamed or whatever. And I do all of those things and kind of realized this last week that I'm so tired mm-hmm. by the time I get home, understand, you know, understandably that I'm str- I was struggling to do that nighttime routine and for like a few days hadn't done it. And then our mornings were crazy and then I was aggravated, you know, and, and kind of, you begin to like build narratives in your mind that aren't even happening. And I found myself frustrated with him and frustrated with my kids. And I was like, I'm working 40 hours a week and like nobody cares. And like, I'm just doing it all still. And then I had to kind of like, okay, like you're being a brat. You need to calm down. And they can't read your mind, you know? And so I had to, I went to my husband and I was like, look, it would be super helpful if you would make lunches mm-hmm. then like at night. He was like, yeah. Oh, for sure. Like, that's too, I mean, it's not difficult to like throw together a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and some goldfish and throw in a lunchbox. But I don't know if it was like pride or fear or a little bit of like wanting to keep it all on my plate so that I could play the part of the martyr, whatever it was. I finally had to kind of like break through that and be like, Hey, like, I literally just need you to make lunches. Like, I can, I can, and now like I can do the rest Mm -hmm. and it's not overwhelming, not too much. Um, so it just looks like a lot of, grace and asking for help (laughs) yeah it's a wonder what taking just a few small things off of your plate can do in terms of the great big picture and how that affects not only your own personal well-being but the well-being of literally everyone else around you Mm -hmm. so now that you've got this brand new schedule and you're starting to get into the new rhythms and routines of life because that that change, that transition, like you said, it doesn't happen automatically. It doesn't happen overnight. You start to figure out when you can do certain things, what you can do, what you can't do, what has to go and what you have to start saying no to. A lot of, a lot of women that I talk with, I hear very consistently, I I wish I had more time for myself. If I could only Mm. find more time for myself, then I would, then I would read books or I would work out, mm. or I would I would do a quiet time. I know that being in the Word and doing your regular quiet times, that's something that's very important to you. So how do you keep that at the forefront? How do you, despite your busy schedule, two kids, podcast, full-time job, how do you, how do you make that happen? So the first, like the beginning of that answer is getting up before your kids. Which I'm going to tell you totally honestly, for the longest time, I like 100% rolled my eyes at women that said that. I was like, cool. I'm really happy for you that you can get up before your kids. But like, I'm not doing that <laughs> because that sounds miserable. Right. And I really like to sleep. And yeah. <laughs> and, um, and so I genuinely cannot remember why I started. I did not start getting up before my kids like to do a quiet time. I think I started getting up before my kids because I realized kind of what I was talking about before about how much like the hustle of the morning sets my day off wrong and realizing that waking up to them whining and crying and wanting breakfast and like all the normal like morning toddler things just made me want to crawl out of my skin. (laughs) And so I think I started waking up early just to be up before them. Like there was no purpose. I wasn't working out. I don't know that I was necessarily even like opening my Bible. I was just awake before them. I was just enjoying the quiet. At the time I was staying home, so I was home most of the day. And then that 
God and I kind of went through a season at the beginning of this year where I've been a believer for 11 years now and kind of came to this realization where I was like, I don't really know you all that well. Like, I don't, I grew up in a Christian home, so I know all the Bible stories, but you in my life, like, I don't know you super well. And the easiest way to get to know someone is to spend time with Mm -hmm. them, as cliche as that is. And so I started carving out time and being intentional to do that in the mornings because it was the, it's the only time I have. I'm going to be told like, it's not some like beautiful picturesque, like I start my day with God. Like, yes, I do, but it's also, this is the only time I have to do it. And so I don't get up like hours before my kids. I don't spend hours in the word. That would be great. And if you do more power to you, I get up like 30 minutes before my kids do. I make a cup of coffee and I sit down with my Bible and um, I either go through like a study. I just started Jen Wilkins, um, God of Covenant, which goes through like all the covenants God made in the second half of Genesis. I'll go through like just a book, like a book of the Bible and read commentary. And I kind of had to like stop approaching my quiet time as like a feel good thing and more as an it's like an educational and a a study opportunity and are there like feel good elements that come out of it yes a hundred percent but kind of approaching the word in an attempt to better know the god of the universe that sent his son to like die on the cross for my sins approaching it wanting to know him and them better pretty radically changed the way that I interact with scripture and so those would be that is like my very long-winded response to like how to do that is find a time to do it and like more often than not it's going to be before your kids wake up like because me trying to like get into the word after they go to bed I can like barely make it through an episode of Seinfeld so like energy levels are like not there And it is a great way to start your day and it's a surefire way to experience spiritual growth and sanctification and the pursuit of holiness right in your own life. I absolutely love long-winded responses, first off. (laughs) That was fantastic. Your perspective, the change in your perspective was fantastic. That was clearly your game changer. I can speak for myself in that there have been times in my life when I've approached quiet times as it has to be this, this thing that follows a formula and I have to do this, this, and this, or else it doesn't count, which on the Mm -hmm. other side of that, that is absolutely ridiculous. And Mm -hmm. it, it can take whatever form it takes that day, as long as it, as long as it happens, as long as the time is there, because you're right, you can't get to know someone well without spending time with them. So I I think that's fantastic. And I love that you're honest about the fact that waking up before your kids sucks. But Mm -hmm. honestly, that's that can be the only window of calm in your entire day. So kudos to you for for making that happen. And for making that a priority. Well, and I will say, there's so much grace in that, too. And there has to be. So, like, when you, like, the newborn phase. You're not getting up at 6 o'clock. You're sleeping when you can sleep. And 
that's 100% fine. And for me, like, if we have a, if I have a really rough day, like, mental health wise or whatever, and I need to sleep until 6.55 and get up five minutes before my kids get up, yeah. I do that. This is not a, this is not like a legalistic thing. This is not a, I'm better than you because I read my Bible in the morning thing. This is a, this is what's right for me. Um, do I think that it's most likely right for most people? I mean, yes, but worship and getting to know your God doesn't always have to look like being up at six o'clock in the morning and highlighting your Bible. Like it can look like driving down the interstate with your windows down, jamming out to Shania Twain. Like that is worship too. And that is like God meeting you in that space too, you know? So I never want to come off as like, I read my Bible and you should too, or else you're a terrible Christian because that's absolutely not how I feel. (laughs) Um, And it also, my perspective, I'm such a checklist achiever, you know, got to check all the boxes, trying to think of it not as another box to be checked, but as a relationship to be cultivated Mm -hmm. has been helpful for me. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's dig into like the nitty Okay, y'all, so I know we could all probably use a little more time in our day, right? You're no stranger to busy schedules and intentionally filling them up to the brim because you just have so much to get done. But sometimes it feels like you don't really ever have the time to just slow down and enjoy the simple things. Simple things like when my toddlers are giggling and playing nicely together in the backyard, or when a Sunday afternoon nap sounds too good to pass up. We all want more time to enjoy these kinds of things, right? Well, if you love personality quizzes like I do, then you're in for a treat. In my new quiz, which you can take for free at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, I'm helping you uncover what it will take to get you from chaos to calm, to finally feel like you have space in your days. I know it can feel downright frustrating to keep using the same old time management strategies that just don't seem to work for you. You've got the planners, the calendars, apps, you're doing all the things, but you still feel like you have no time. And that's because you need time management strategies that work for your personality and your life. In my 10 plus years working in crisis communications and chaos management, and all the time I've spent with my clients, I've learned that everyone has their own needs. And knowing what those needs are can really help you discover the best approach to planning your days. Knowing yourself can help you ease up busy schedules, and find more calm and clarity in your week. Do you want to know how to get there? To have more breathing room in your days? Let's figure out your time management personality type so you can uncover exactly what you need to do to feel more productive, less stressed, and more balanced. You can take the quiz at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, and I'll make sure to link to the quiz in our show notes. All right, on with the show gritty of Blake getting things done. I know you ask, you are willing to, you know, ask your husband for help with making lunches, which that's awesome. That that's a huge help. Any, any help that we can get and be willing to ask for is huge. So, you know, what else? Obviously you guys have two kids, so childcare and carpooling, there's some kind of, there's an element of that in there. So how, how do you do all of the things that you do? 
<laughs> so I, this is going to sound like really annoying, but I have really good time management skills. And I tell me about them. <laughs> I just naturally have really good time management skills. But here's the problem. I was literally just talking to my boss about this the other day. I will forfeit relationships or getting to know my coworkers over mm-hmm. getting crap done. So there are like negatives to naturally being good at things. So where I tell people to start when they ask this question of like, how do you do all the things you do is if you feel like you suck at time management, you have to start there because you can like make all of these grand plans and dream up all these things you want to do. But if you can't actually execute them, then it's just going to feel like a failure and you're going to get overwhelmed and you're going to flounder and that's going to be even more frustrating. So my friend Jeanette that we have talked about extensively at this point just is, is she does not naturally have great time management skills. She will tell you that. And so she is taking Jess Massey's time management course. And so this is like, I don't, I don't make any money off of this. This is just a shameless plug for another friend of mine who she has a literally has a course that you can take that helps you create a schedule for your day and manage your time more effectively. And I have watched it transform Jeanette's workflow and the way that she gets things done. And she's happier and more relaxed and less stressed out. And so I've, I vote you start there. If you're like looking at your day or you're looking at what's on your plate and you're like, I cannot even figure out where to start. Jess Massey has a time management course. Start there. Create a shared calendar for your family because part of what I would get so exhausted about was like constantly telling my husband like where he needed to be and what like what time he needed to be there and where we were going to be and where the kids were going to be. And so now like Google Calendar runs our life and it runs our family and I plug things in there and he knows to check it. And it like it was not like I was telling him where to be and when to be there because he's a right. child and can't handle it. It's just, we didn't have the tools for him to like know it himself. And so now he does. And so man, now half the time I'll be like, what are we doing this weekend? And he'll be like, da, 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 and like, tell me what it is because yeah. it's on the calendar. So like shared family calendar is huge. Uh, I use the mm-hmm. app Evernote. Um, and like if they had an affiliate program, I would join it because it, I'll use it all the time. And I tell people about it. It syncs between your devices and it's a note taking and you can like clip notes from like your safari browser you can take voice notes you can make checklists you can do create different notebooks so i use that like that pretty much runs my life as well like and i i transition it between work and podcasts and just normal like home life stuff um and i love that it like syncs between all of my devices it's Beautiful. super helpful I was, those would, those would be like my main three. Like start with Jess Massey's time management course, create a shared family calendar if you don't have one and find a note taking app that you love. I know people mm-hmm. use like good notes. They use, um, Wonderlist. I just like Evernote. But one thing I found is finding something that syncs between your devices. Um, because then like if I make a note on my phone, it's on my computer and vice versa. I feel like I've talked a lot, but I do have one more. Look at how much time you're spending on your phone. And like, I'm not going to, like, I'm not trying to be a jerk about it, but there's a really good chance that you're like 
the screen time on your iPhone for Instagram is ungodly and it'll like make your stomach hurt when you open it. And I think a lot of the time when people look at their day and they're like, oh my gosh, like I got nothing done. It's like, well, how much scrolling did you do? How much texting did you do? How much Marco Poloing did you do? Because that stuff eats up your day. And I am super guilty of that, of wasting time because it's mindless and it's easier. Whereas now I'm a lot more intentional about the time that I'm on social media. And therefore the time that I'm on social media is more rich and it's more fun. And it's not like I was just on it two seconds before. And it doesn't feel like, I don't feel like weirdly guilty because I should be doing something else. It's, this is my time to like scroll and engage and all that kind of stuff. So those would be probably like my main four pointers for doing all of the things. I love that, especially the social media use piece, because popping into Instagram to scroll for just a few seconds is like eating a fun-sized candy bar. It's super sweet, super fun. You get a quick hit, and then you go on with your day, and you don't realize just how many Mm -hmm. extra calories or how much wasted time you're adding. And like you said, you reach the end of the day and you have no idea what you spent your time doing. Something that I did about a month ago was I set a rule for myself that if I was going to open Instagram, I had to comment on at least three different accounts. And you don't always have Mm. time. You can't just open Instagram and comment really quickly. You have to, you know, see a post. You have to think of a thoughtful response and comment. And so that, that was something that kept me from just opening my phone mindlessly for a few seconds because I would have to think to myself, okay, do I have time to come up with and comment on someone else's account? Because if the whole point of this thing is the social part, if the whole point is relationship building and engagement and I'm just using it to lurk while I'm sitting at a red light no one do that by the way that is wrong and bad um but then why am I doing this and so that that's a little trick that has helped me be a little bit more mindful with Instagram use because I could spend all kinds of time there without even realizing it yeah Uh, and then the book digital minimalism by Cal Newport is a fantastic listen on audible highly recommend that as well. Um, he really starts digging into what social media and just notifications in general are doing to our brains and offers some really great suggestions for creating a philosophy of technology use that can really help you start to keep things in check and be much more intentional with yeah. all of that stuff. That's super interesting. I'll have to check that out. So Blake, you recently left you know, your own business, having your own business, being your own boss, being a freelance graphic designer to work full time. And based on the messages we're seeing on Instagram, social media in general, the dream that we're all supposed to have right now is to be our own boss and run our own business. And honestly, I've talked to some friends who've said that they just feel like there, there's something missing from them because they have no desire to have their own business. Uh, mm-hmm. So what advice mm-hmm. would you give someone who's struggling with this idea that we're all supposed to want to be on, be our own boss when they're actually really happy in the career that they have now? 
Yeah. So I kind I called it reverse millennially millennialing. Reverse millennialing. Because I went the opposite direction. Everybody is quitting their jobs, becoming their own bosses, uh, working from their bed, which is great. And there are so many good things about being your own boss. There's, there were so many good things about being a freelancer. Um, I'm a graphic designer. And so being a freelance graphic designer, being able to be at home with my babies when they were babies and be like nursing and working yeah. at the same time and in my bed and, <clears throat> they're like the 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 good things about being you know a entrepreneur are incredible but i think in our pursuit of that of of solo entrepreneurship we've decided to kind of like there's no i can't think of another way to say like crap on what? people that have a nine to five <laughs> and like make it sound like it's terrible and it's miserable and everybody that does it is miserable. And I think that, I don't think that that's fair. I've, you know, and I didn't buy in on that narrative even when I was a freelancer, but now being someone who has kind of stepped out of that and into the like traditional job, 40 hours a week job position, I like yeah. it so much more <laughs> like and I'm still figuring out like with my platform and my space how to communicate like oh my god I don't miss <laughs> freelancing at all because I don't want people who own their own business to be like oh well, now she's talking bad about us because I'm not that's not what I mean at all but no like I don't miss being my own boss I don't miss being the marketing department and the accounting department it's and hard. the HR department and the employee like I don't miss that it's a, it's hard and it's so much and it's you know I think that at the end of the day like you have to do what's right for you and what God has for you. And the reality is, is that if everybody quit their job, that America would cease to function because we have right. got to have people in jobs. And, you know, and then if everybody worked in a traditional job, then the job market would be overflowed and it wouldn't work, you know? So like, we just got to quit, like look inside to side and being worried about mm -hmm. what the people around us are doing and like focus our eyes on what God has for us and what God mm -hmm. has for us in this season. And I think we've like, we make these like carte blanche decisions that like, I'm going to be a freelancer. I'm going to be a freelancer for the rest of my life. And like, life is so seasonal. And it's just such a beautiful thing about being in community with God is like the seasons ebb and flow and they change, yeah. but he never does. And so, you know, the same God that created me with a gift for graphic design and a creative mind and, and, you know, infused me with those things and gave me the drive to start my own business and keep that business afloat is the same exact God who encouraged and ushered me into a 40 hour a week job because he knew it's exactly what I needed and exactly what my family needed. And I, like I said, I think we just, if we stop worrying about what everybody else around us is doing and start listening to the spirit in us, we'd, we would all be so much happier and like we would just <laughs> leave each other alone and let everybody do what they're supposed to do. And, you know, because I think, like, there's this, it's exactly what you said before about, like, the Instagram conversation is, like, quit your job. Quit your job. Quit your nine to five. And wh what if I right. really like my nine to five? Or what if I hate my nine to five, but, like, yeah. my family needs health insurance? Or, like, my family needs the money. It's just a, like, really destructive narrative that I really don't yeah. like if I'm being totally honest 
because it's just, mm-hmm. it, who is that helping? Right? Like the people that are going to step out and start their own businesses, like there, there are ways to encourage those people into that space without being like, but those people over there that have a job, they are miserable, you know? Yeah, and there are plenty of people who are their own boss who are equally as miserable for a multitude of reasons. It's it's easy to read an Instagram post that tells you that you should quit your nine to five, but it is not easy to actually start a business, get it off the ground and start making a profit that allows you to help take care of your family. It, it takes a little bit more than just saying, oh, I'm going to be a hashtag biz boss. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. There's so much work involved and it's not, not as easy as it looks. And so Blake, thank you so much for sharing that perspective, especially because I think that's something that is important for a lot of people to hear who are struggling with that, that piece of, you know, discontent or that restlessness in their lives. And, you know, as we're wrapping up, our time together today, uh, I want to ask you, you know, if you were to give some, a piece of advice to your 20-year-old self, what would you tell 20-year-old Blake? I would tell 20-year-old Blake, gosh, I would probably tell her to calm down, but then like 20-year-old me would punch <laughs> 30-year-old me in the face. Because nobody ever responds well to being told to calm down. But I would find, like, a better way to approach it with her and tell her, um, man, that – so I we didn't really talk Enneagram, but I am an Enneagram 8. And so I have a very naturally aggressive and um, – oh, what, what are the nice words to describe 8s? I am driven and assertive and loud and big and bold and – um, really wrestled with those things about myself as a 20 year old and would either fully unleash them on the world or try to like stifle and drown them. And that resulted in a, a lot of like back and forth and, and struggles that I probably brought on myself. And so I think I would just tell her mm-hmm. I hadn't met Jesus yet. So I think I would tell her, like, get on board with Jesus now. That'd be cool. Like, can we do that now? Because yeah. it makes things way better. And that there is a day coming when you actually like yourself. And um, I don't think that I ever thought that that was possible or that that was going to happen. And I look at, like, the college-age girls at our church and our youth and stuff like that, and I'm like, I promise you really are going to like yourself one day and everything is so much better for it. Everything top to bottom, it touches everything. And so I think I would tell her to get on board with Jesus now and to just, just hold out a little bit longer and keep leaning in and doing the hard work and that you're going to, you're going to end up becoming somebody that you're a big fan of. Oh my gosh, Blake. I, I absolutely love that. Um, very powerful. and. I just thank you so much for your time today, for taking a chance on me in this brand new podcast so early in its life. Um, that it means a lot that you would you know, give your time to me and to the listeners today. You know, before we wrap up, 
Where can the listeners find you on the interwebs so they can keep track of what you're up to? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram, the girl named Blake. Pretty much hang out there most of the time. My podcast is Confessions of a Crappy Christian. You can find that anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Um, and those are really the two main internet places that I reside. Awesome. Well, Blake, thank you again so much. I appreciate you and look forward to keeping up with you and talking to you soon. Thanks a bunch. Thanks for having me on. This was awesome. And there you have it. I hope that you enjoyed hearing from Blake just as much as I did. As a reminder, you can find all the details about this episode, including links to Blake's podcast, website, and the app she mentioned over in the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash six, just the number six. Before you go, let me tell you a little about next week's episode. It's all about how to enjoy the holidays and spend time on what matters most. December is one of the busiest and often most stressful months of the year, and it just doesn't have to be that way. Tune in next week and we'll talk about how to survive the holiday hustle with less stress and more joy. That's it for now. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Head over to www.abouttimepodcast.com to join the conversation. Check out the show notes and dive into bonus content so you can start living your best life today. Love this episode? Be sure to share it with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode.